0: Grace and peace to you all, and welcome to the Calvary Road with Pastor Sam Allen.
1: And the greatest work we can do is just whatever the Father gives us to do. A lot of people think, well, I just gotta do something for God. Better than to do something, find out what He wants you to do and do that thing. Why? He's fashioned and formed you specifically for your time and this culture and the people who surround you. He's making you exactly who He wants you to be if you're in Christ Jesus.
0: In today's broadcast, we have part two of Pastor Sam's message, the way, the truth, and the life. We begin today in verse 14 of John chapter 14 and we'll go through the end of the chapter. Now this is a very important set of passages where Jesus discusses the Holy Spirit. So let's listen in.
1: So here's what we know. If we're going to do greater works, if we're going to magnify him, walk in obedience to him, that's one work Jesus did and he was the only one who always did those things that please the Father. If we're going to do that, it's going to have to be a work of the Spirit. So the Holy Spirit, and he'll explain this clearly in a moment, is upon every person. He comes alongside every single person. When the Word of God is taught or the Word of God is shared or you hear it or you read it, the Holy Spirit comes alongside to teach you, to convince you these things are true. It's so important that we get it. And then when we open our heart, he's the one who comes in, takes residence, promising never to leave us, never to forsake us. Well, all of that will be fleshed out here in a moment. So, so a couple questions though that, that arise because he said, well, you're gonna do greater works. But then, then verse 14, and people go crazy with this. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. He means anything that's according to his will. Why doesn't he say that here? He says it elsewhere. Shouldn't have to say it every time. Ultimately, the deciding factor, and if your prayers will be answered in the affirmative, are those prayers in the will of God? And listen, he added something else. Will my prayer, or Jesus answering this prayer, bring glory to the Father? Because that's exactly what he said this is about. That whatever you ask in my name, I'll do that the father may be glorified in the son. It makes a selfish prayer feel as foolish as it should feel. How's the father going to be glorified if I get that thing or I accomplish this goal? Well, he might be. But listen, when we're just like, Lord, what do you want from me? What do you have for me? What do you want me to do? You know, I can't do anything apart from you. And we'll see him not just reinforce that, but just flesh it out beautifully in the next chapter. Well, and so when we ask, we need to ask according to the will of God. Well, what if we don't know the will of God? Here's an easy prayer. Not my will, but yours be done. If that sounds familiar, it's because Jesus prayed it in relationship to the cross. Father, if there's any other way, any other way for them to be saved, let this cup pass. But the cup didn't pass. The will of the father was the crucifixion of his son. As horrific as that is, why? That was the only way he could save us from the penalty of our sin. That's the only way we could become children of God and live our lives for him. Well, he goes on to say something he said before. If you love me, keep my commandments. This is our part in fulfilling his plan. Learn the word of God and then do the word of God. But he's saying this will be the proof you love me. If you love me, keep my commandments. That's our part to secure and enable us. He does all the work. We love him and then we walk in obedience to him. And I will pray the father and he will give you another, another comforter, I believe my old King James says, another helper, my new King James says, I like comforter more than helper. He's both by the way and more than that. Why do I like comforter more? I need comfort more than I need help. But I do need both. And he's not just our comforter and our helper. He's our teacher. He's the one who reminds us of the things we've been taught. He's the one who convicts of judgment, of of sin, righteousness, and judgment to come. He's the one who seals us into the day of redemption. He's the one who comforts us in our times of trial and affliction. Listen, we need the Holy Spirit, and he's provided him, made him available to everyone who opens their heart to him. So he says, pray, I'll pray the Father, he'll give you another helper that he may abide with you forever, the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he dwells with you. Listen, he's with you, he says and will be in you. Why, with them? Jesus hadn't yet died for them. But when he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit, he's giving them the Spirit permanently, taking up residence within them permanently. So he says, he's with you. And I want to say, you are today, you have one of those two relationships with the Holy Spirit. The very fact that you're here says the Holy Spirit is with you. And if you're here and you're not a believer, I want to assure you the Holy Spirit has led you. Why? He wants you to hear the truth that'll set you free, that, that'll give you life, that'll, that'll change your, your everything. And, and so the Holy Spirit is either with you or he's in you. If he's in you, then you're a child of God. If he's just with you, then he's telling you, you can become a child of God today. And I know people say, we're all children of God. God says, no, 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 no. You're all my creation, but my children, well, born again and adopted in. He gives us two pictures. Born again, that's the spiritual part. We're alive forever in him and then adopted in. That's the part that tells us and reminds us he actually wants us. Because you know, when you have kids, they just sort of show up. I mean, it's a little more complicated than that, but I know I'm simplifying. But, but one day you're like, what? You're pregnant? And then pretty soon you're like, holy cow, look at that. And uh, it's a conehead. But uh, anyway, first son, very. it's a narrow channel and he came out of conehead. I, I like coneheads, but I was a little worried. And, and so, so here, here's where I'm going with this. We, we, the physical thing just sort of happens. It happens naturally. The spiritual thing happens supernaturally. But adoption is different because if you've been adopted, somebody actually picked you and chose you and wanted you. And, and, you know, I would say that should be the case. And I wish it were for every parent of a child naturally. But we all know there are people who abuse their kids and desert their kids and all sorts of things happen that never should. And the scripture warns in the last days, people would be without natural affection. I think that's the result of that. How could a mother not care for her own children? How could a father not provide and care for his own children? But we have a father who's done both. He cares for us, he's adopted us, he provides for us, he protects us. Every good thing in our life comes from him. So Jesus is is, is just saying, Keep my commandments. I'll pray, he'll sin. The spirit of truth. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. It makes sense. The Holy Spirit would be the spirit of truth whom the world can't receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. Can't see him because he's spirit. And they don't know him because, well, you know him by recognizing his presence, his work on you, and then his work in you, and then his work through you. For everything we do, that has lasting fruit, will be the work of the Spirit. So he says, the world can't receive him. They They don't see him. They don't know him. But you know him. He's with you. He will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. That word another is important. Also helper or comforter or encourager or teacher or reminder or revealer and all the other things the Holy Spirit is to us. And by the way, We'll major on him in chapter 16 because he's introduced here in chapter 14. There's a whole other section in chapter 16 where he is the focus. But I want to say these two words exceedingly important. The word another, when he says that uh, I'll pray the Father, he'll give you another helper. It's the word us." It means another of the same type, nature, and kind. Another just like me, Jesus is saying, and all he had done for them and was doing for them. He says, the Holy Spirit's going to come and he's going to continue that work I've begun. He's going to empower you to change your world. And that's exactly what happened. There's another word for another. It's heteros. That's one who is altogether unlike the other. We saw this some time ago, early in Exodus, as we know Joseph and his family were all in Egypt, 70 in, in all. And they were blessed by the Pharaoh at that time because Joseph had saved the entire nation. And they were given the beautiful land and fruitful land of Goshen, and they multiplied, and the 70 turned into two and a half, three million people over time. And another Pharaoh arose who did not know Joseph. That's where it all begins. That's where the crisis is is planted and rooted. And why? Because he was very unlike the Pharaoh who did know Joseph, who was appreciative of him, who had history with him. This guy comes along and he's like, I don't know the Lord and I'm not gonna obey the Lord. Well, we're still in Exodus. We're in chapters 18 and 19 this week. And we'll be, I believe, in chapter 20 when uh, Terry and Nancy are with us next, uh, the week from Wednesday. So anyway, another The Holy Spirit is another just like Jesus. Everything about Jesus, except for that Jesus died for our sins, was buried and rose again, the Holy Spirit does for us. And then that word helper or encourager or comforter or teacher, revealer, it's parakletos. It's the one who comes alongside and whatever the crisis, whatever the need, whatever's going on, It's like having Jesus right there with you because that's in essence what's happening. Jesus comes in the person of the Holy Spirit. Oh, he's seated at the right end of the Father. Jesus is right now making intercession for us. But the helper does the same thing. And Jesus will tell us in John 15, 26, when the helper comes, who I'll send you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me. This is oh so important. Whatever the Holy Spirit is doing, Jesus will always be magnified by it. And when people ascribe things they're doing and there's no scriptural basis for it and it looks a lot like things others do who don't know the Lord, I'm always like, is, where's Jesus in this? Because when he comes, his main mission Besides all the work he does on us and in us and through us, it's to glorify Jesus. Just as Jesus came to glorify the Father, the Holy Spirit comes to glorify the Son. Jesus says in John 16, 7, and this we'll see in a couple weeks, I tell you the truth, it's your advantage, I go away. If I don't go away, the helper won't come. But if I depart, I'll send him to you. In 1 John 2, 1, he says, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. And in Romans 8, 34, he says, who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died and furthermore is risen, who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. All this is going somewhere, so track with me. Just a couple more verses and we'll dig into these final verses here. The work of intercession is Jesus' present ministry in heaven. He finished his work on earth. He did everything he needed to do to make salvation possible to every person on planet earth. It's not as will any perish, but all come to repentance, but all must come to repentance or they die in their sin. And so he says there's intercession happening in heaven. That means Jesus is pleading our case. He's our advocate. And then listen, Hebrews 7.25 says, he's able to save to the uttermost those who come to God through him since he always lives to make intercession for them. Romans 8.26, likewise, the spirit also helps us in our weaknesses for we don't know what we should pray for as we ought, but the spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he who searches the heart knows the mind of the spirit because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Two things out of all that. The spirit makes intercession for us. And there are times where I just can't even pray. I'm so grieved. I'm so troubled. I'm so devastated by something or more often someone in my life. All I can do is groan. And you know what? The Holy Spirit takes that and, he, and, and it, it's just a beautiful prayer to the Father. The Father gets it. Jesus affirms it. The Holy Spirit translates it, if you will. It's so important. But he, he makes intercession. He prays for us. Last thing I read you, it's Romans eight twenty seven. He makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. That's what I said was the key earlier. If we ask according to his will, he hears us and we know we have the petition. When I don't know what to pray and I'm just groaning, he knows and he prays for us according to the perfect will of the Father and of the Son. Well, verse 19, Jesus, and it sounds like bad news, but it isn't. A little while longer and the world will see me no more, but you will see me Because I live, you will live also. And on that day, you will know that I am in my Father and you in me and I in you. When he says, they're not gonna see me, it's because he's gonna die, be buried, resurrected and ascend back to heaven. But he says, that day you'll know I'm in my Father and you in me and I in you. Who's a liar? John will ask in 1 John 2.22, but he who denies that Jesus is, the Christ. He is Antichrist who denies both Father and Son. Whoever denies the Son does not have the Father also. He who acknowledges the Son has the Father also. So you can't have the Father unless you have the Son. And you can't, well, if you have the Son, you get the Father. It's a package, and you get the Holy Spirit. For the three are one. United in everything they did and do. Creation, the three. You'll find it early in Genesis. Redemption, it's the three. The Father sends the Son to die for our sin. The Holy Spirit makes it all real to us. Well, ultimately, Jesus glorifies the Father. The Holy Spirit glorifies the Son. And then we bring glory as we walk in obedience by faith. In his words. Well, we read it in verse 15. If you love me, keep my commandments. It's an easy test. If you're his, if you love him, obey him. Verse 21 here says, he who has my commandments and keeps them is he who loves me. Sounds like he's saying the same thing. He is. Because he knows we're slow. He gives it to us once. He gives it to us twice. And now he says, he who loves me will be loved by my father. And I will love him and manifest myself him. Judas, not Iscariot, verse 22 said, Lord, how is it you'll manifest yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus answered and said, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word. If you love me, keep my commandments. If you love me, obey me. He says it a bunch of different ways, but he's always saying the same thing. He proves his love to us through the cross. We prove our love for him by walking by faith in obedience to his word. My father, he says, will love him. We will come to and make our home with him. He who does not love me does not keep my words. And the word which you hear is not mine, but the father, the father's who sent me. Listen, I've asked a lot of people in my life Do you know Jesus? Do you believe in Jesus? Do you know what he's done for you? He died for your sins, was buried, and rose again. Do you want to receive Jesus? I'll always be asking such questions. But the question for those of you who know him or believe in him is Are you walking in obedience to him? And that's something that as we share in just a little bit, very short time from now, in communion, That you want to be just bearing your heart to him and saying, Lord, I know I don't always do what you want me to do. Well, only Jesus ever did it, always. But if we love him, the general direction of our life will be walking in obedience to him. And from time to time, we're going to sin. We're not sinless, but we do sin less. Only one sinless person, but no real believer just continues in a sin like, well, he's got it covered. No, it's not like that at all. We love him because he first loved us and we live for him because he died for us. We, we share him because he's the only hope for every person in our lives and every person will ever come across. He goes on to say then, these things I've spoken to you, verse 25, while being present with you, but the helper, the comforter, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things. And bring to remembrance all things that I said to you. As Jesus taught them, the Holy Spirit teaches us. As Jesus reminded them of things he taught them, the Holy Spirit reminds us of things we've learned. Peace I leave with you. He ends as he began. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. Now he says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Listen, he promises peace, not the peace of the world that comes and goes, that's fleeting and temporal, but a peace that surpasses our very understanding. Philippians fleshes this one out when he says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything with prayer and supplication, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God that surpasses understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. What's he saying? He's saying he may not explain the situation to us. He may not answer our questions and, and, and comfort us in the way we're hoping he will, but he will give us a peace that doesn't require an explanation, that doesn't, isn't based on an, an an understanding of the situation. It's just an abiding peace that I know he has it all well in hand. And listen, between the two, I'd rather know that he has me in his grip than have him explain to me why the things that happen to us and around us and to those we love, what's happening in our community and in our world, why is he allowing all that? I don't get the answer to it. But I do this, it's, I do know this, it's not as will any perish and all come to repentance. And the peace he provides, he provides when it's needed. So he's promising not a fleeting and natural peace, but a supernatural abiding peace, peace, even in the middle of the storm. You've heard me say, I'm going away and coming back. If you loved me, you'd rejoice because I said, I'm going to the Father, for my Father is greater than I. Now I've told you before it comes that when it does come to pass, you may believe. I will no longer talk much with you for the ruler of this world is coming and he has nothing in me. Jesus is saying that Satan is on his way and he has no influence over, no power over, no hold on Jesus. Jesus said he came unto his own and his own received him not, but as many as received him. To these he gave power to become the children of God, even to those who believe in his name. He also said earlier, another will come in his own name. As he spoke to those who rejected him, he said, another's coming in his own name. Him you will receive. That another, that will be Antichrist. 1 John says, there are many Antichrists who've gone out in the world. They oppose Jesus, they deny Jesus, some put themselves in his place, substitutes, satanic substitutes for Jesus. But ultimately, there will be a antichrist, last day's character, and we'll get into that later, another time, another season. But that the world may know, verse 31, that I love the Father, and as the Father gave me commandment, so I do. Arise, let us go from here. In some translations, where we see the Holy Spirit
0: called the helper, that word is otherwise translated as the comforter. Now I love this. According to our text today, the Holy Spirit gives us direction and understanding, strength and guidance. And when a person is spirit-led, that person is walking, talking and thinking according to God's will. Now it's not that I claim to always do so, it's just that I find great comfort when I know that I'm on the correct path and do those things that please God and are within his will for me. Proverbs 21.3 tells us, to do righteousness and justice is more acceptable to the Lord than sacrifice. I want my walk, talk, and thoughts to be acceptable to the Lord. So it is a good and comfortable thing to know the Holy Spirit will give me guidance when my heart will so often lead me astray. The Calvary Road is a ministry of Calvary Chapel Chico, and you can visit our website ccchico.com or download the CC Chico app to contact us and listen to other studies from Pastor Sam.